What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terence? Good old Monday humor, man. Monday humor. So how is Monday humor different from like Tuesday humor? Monday is uh is Monday is the the one day of the week that you really probably just have to laugh at life and your circumstances. Uh, what right? is it? <laughs> Isn't it for most yeah. people? Uh don't know, it feels like Friday is more more that day for, for people. Monday is I don't know whether many people stereotypically laugh on Mondays, uh. Unless, unless La- that's laughing thing, agony, uh. I mean that's what I mean. Oh yeah. Monday. But, you had a, you know. but but how was your weekend overall? Okay, it was it was fine. It was fine. I think everyone's still reeling from the shock of what happened uh, with, with workers' party and all. Really? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think dominated a lot of conversation. Yeah. You mean like you mean conversations of like when you met people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. everyone's kind of excited for the showdown this week, lah. I mean, I think everyone's kind of resigned to the fact that basically workers' party is is uh, in trouble, lah. Mm, and I don't know whether they are. I don't know whether they think that there's any any way out of this this mess, lah. Yeah. Uh, and and this week the parliament parliament meeting is is when, uh? I'm not very sure actually, but no, I'm it, sure it's definitely this week, like definitely yeah. this week. Yeah, there will be cool, debates man. on it, la. Yeah, and uh, GST, la, Obviously, GST is also in everyone's mind. Oh yeah, correct. Uh? Yeah. GST. The budget also coming out this these next few days, like right. Correct, correct. Yeah, that's right. Whew. Interesting political landscape of Singapore. Yeah. Yeah, man. And and our first topic is also about a lot of politics. A but lot before of politics. That, uh, before that, what 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 do we want to say, Terence? Uh I think it's as always, if this podcast has been meaningful or touched you in any way, please share it with one person. Maybe a loved one. Maybe uh maybe if you're young, you know, you can share with your parent or vice versa. Uh mm. depending on your, your comfort level with with uh, you know more colorful language, but uh, we try our best. Uh, we try our best to also speak proper English, and we say straits times, and, and most and of the time, like uh, most, most of the time. time, yeah, yeah, most of the time. So, so yeah. technically, technically, you you might be getting a better English education here than uh, you know with like uh, English tu- tuition and all that as well, uh, right? Mm. Mm, we're talking very well, it's very GP ish kind of topics, uh. Yeah, yeah and I mean, I about. I know you mentioned a few like last week that one of your friend's mothers also is a fan, right? Uh, yeah, your, yeah, somebody, right. somebody, uh, true, yeah, some a, a younger kid is he shared this with his mum, and wow. uh, yeah, they they're both fans of the podcast now. So shout awesome. out to to mothers of uh middle aged men who are listening to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not necessarily. <laughs> he's not middle aged lah, but he's. He's younger than, than us, lah. Yeah. Uh, yes, but yes, the cool yes. thing is that he shared it with his mom. So it's intergenerational love, man. Power, lah. Yeah. Power. Oh, and it's also Valentine's Day today. Mm. Uh, we're recording on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, as a measure of love. Correct, correct. For news, news and politics. Yeah, but there's not a lot, not a lot of love in in the topic, the topics we're talking about, right? Unfortunately. Yeah. 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 And what is the main first big topic we're talking about? Uh, the the thing I mean, it's been an ongoing issue, but the thing that made us feel like okay, it's maybe it's time to talk about this was that the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Singapore um, has issued or uh, an advisory to all Singaporeans in Ukraine 
to leave the country as soon as possible. Mm. And they issued it on Sunday night. No? Mm, 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 mm. Sunday night, February 13th. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm pretty sure everyone must have seen some some news about some tensions in Ukraine and Russia. But now it's like, it's it's reaching a new level lah, where countries are advising their citizens who are in Ukraine to leave. Mm. Uh, airlines are changing their flight plans. Um, and it's, it's uh, everyone's feeling the effects lah. Mm, mm, mm. And, right. and apparently, apparently there's a Ukrainian uh, community in Singapore as well mm. and I think all of them are very uh, hundreds of them uh, and all of them are watching the whatever's going on with a lot of uh, a lot of uh, tension apprehension yeah, tension yeah. Yeah, yeah and I mean likewise there's probably a Russian community in Singapore mm. um, and I mean I wish I could speak to a, a Russian or Ukrainian in Singapore because um, the whole tension thing, it's it's so deep and so layered with so much history. Mm. Um, so how 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 you like what what would you want to speak about in particular? Anything that's calling out to you that you feel needs to be addressed? No, I mean the the same reason why. Yeah, I thought this topic was interesting because if anything, in the past like two years, we've all gotten used to, um, you know, uh. Remember the they they were issuing calls for Singaporeans to return home, to come yeah. home to the motherland in the first few months of the of the COVID nineteen crisis and all. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think everyone maybe knows someone who knows someone who was overseas and and basically they dropped their lives entirely and returned home mm. and, and and you know uh, it's it's it sounds like it sounds like it's a very easy thing to do but but it's tough like, You know, people have commitments overseas. You know, unfinished. Uh, unfinished work, unfinished studies. They have pets overseas. They have relationships overseas. We've heard of people who haven't seen their significant others for, for you know, almost a year or months at a go, things like that. So it's 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 um yeah, like it's an unfortunate reality of 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 what the of what COVID nineteen has brought us. But this this one advising people to leave as soon as possible is entirely is entirely man made lah. It's mm. like it's basically we're back to Cold War, Cold War era kind of like uh you know war breaking up between the you know uh superpowers, and 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 you know this country. I mean the Ukrainians are the ones uh, who are gonna have to suffer. And uh yeah I mean we will delve into greater into the the local politics on the ground, but uh I think it's not you know you gotta take it really seriously when MFA is telling you to leave as soon as possible. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's not it doesn't doesn't look good, la. I think that's why we wanted to talk about it, lah. Because for the longest time, it felt like okay, it's happening far away. Mm. But then when you hear an advisory like that, you feel oh shit, uh, it's it's hitting close to home, la. Yeah, and yeah. then when you start reading about it, like it, I think it's so like we will cover. Maybe I should do a, a brief timeline about what's happening. Yeah, but um, but I think one of the things also that that, that you you hit on is that uh yeah, la, we've gotten so used to. To hearing these like uh, advisories not to go travel here, not to travel there, uh, but generally all of us had the same enemy, like, right? Which was COVID nineteen. Yeah. yeah. But now it's not about having uh you know this mysterious COVID nineteen enemy. It's about get the fuck out of of the fight. Uh, get out, get out of the way between these two countries that are about to go into war, like, Yeah, which is and I mean, scarier. like what you said, over the past two years, we've become accustomed to certain things, like true. Yeah, there have been countries saying that. Uh, your citizens come back, but there's also that almost that unified, like what you say, like enemy number one, right? Mm. Everyone was against COVID, 
you know, when sometimes even your personal life, the shittiest things that happen bring your family, your friends together. So it felt like the world came together. And then now we are back to regular programming. Uh, mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. people are, all right, we're done with COVID. Now let's get back to to issues between countries. Uh. Yeah. Um, so when you say, yeah, man-made, it is, it is man-made, but it's so fucking deep. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I'm going to try and like summarize it at a very high level. Yep. And... I, I hope I don't get anything wrong, but I just want to touch on the overall thing from what I understand to have led to everything everything here. Mm, mm. So, um, I'm not going to go back into the far history of uh, Ukraine or Russia, but generally they were all part of the Soviet Union, right? Mm. Then when they broke up in um, like around the 80s towards 90s, there was a lot of talk about how... Uh, there was some some promise or something that was made by the West la, that, okay, uh, it breaks up and then the North uh, North Atlantic Alliance of... Oh, fuck. What is it? Uh, what does NATO stand for? God damn it. Treaty Organization. Uh, North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Um, they, they, it started the whole discussions between the the states that made up the Soviet Union and the uh, and the NATO. And if I get anything that sounds a bit fishy, just step in at Terrence. Mm. So there was a lot of talk back then about how the US will will won't expand it past uh the Germany like, when they were split, right? Mm. Um they won't move further east. Then over the years, uh Germany was absorbed into NATO and over the years uh NATO started accepting more and more countries uh, in the east of Europe. Like. And I think at some point in 2000, when Putin just became president, he wanted to he wanted Russia to join NATO, but it got rejected. Or oh, there was some some politics there, mm. um, So so overall, it it felt like the Europe or the West versus Russia started off from way back. The Cold War was also in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. Not, right? not the Cold War. Yeah, the Cold War. Uh, no, the Cold War basically was uh spend multiple decades. After oh, World okay. War Two, yeah, it's but there was one, there was one specific uh Cold War. Uh, no, no. In general, when you speak about the Cold War, you're talking about the, the the is it was a battle of of of, uh, you know, getting allies and and you know getting oh. stocking nuclear warheads between the the Western powers and and the communist and the, the communist uh, powers la. and the oh, most largely mm. being like Soviet the Soviet Union la, you know. Oh, and the Cold War resulted in the dissolution of the Soviet Union, right? Uh, it ended with the dissolution of the Soviet. Yeah, it Union. ended. Yeah, yeah ended. Yeah. So in 1991. So yeah. since the 2000s, there was there's always been this tension between Russia and the West. And the most recent thing that caused international alarm was the in 2014, like, when there was the the Russia invasion of Crimea. Mm. Right, mm. so that whole thing, Crimea is a part of Ukraine, mm. and from what I understand, like, this whole thing is um, basically Putin and Russia don't want NATO uh, to get to to absorb Ukraine into NATO because then mm. NATO will be right on the border of Russia because Russia and Ukraine uh, are next to each other. Like. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And the US is saying that okay, if you like they've always wanted a unified Europe, like the US and the, and the West, they want a unified Europe. But I think Russia will never be part of uh, NATO or EU. So they want Ukraine to join, like, which means that NATO will be right on the doorsteps of Russia. And now it is this battle where Ukraine is in the middle of what the West seems to want versus what 
Russia wants and it's all coming to light by Russia potentially invading Ukraine as a as a show of force saying that you don't absorb Ukraine because the Ukrainians themselves don't even want to join NATO. Mm, so, mm. and the West is saying if you fucking invade Ukraine, there will be severe repercussions. Lah. And now there's talk of nuclear war and if you see an interview with uh, or a speech that Putin gave a few days ago, it's fucking chilling, man. Mm. Um, um, so, so that's what what I understand to be the broad uh, summary of what's happening. Of course, there are so many things that happen in between, but feels like that that's what it is. Like, what's your understanding or anything that was missed out? Uh, I mean, broadly, that's the, yeah, la, the, the Wikipedia summary summary of things. La. Yeah, not just Wikipedia. La. No, I mean, I mean sources, it's no, the, general, depth, no. the general facts of, yeah. of everything. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. the probably it'd be I mean like most people I, I have a very uh yeah I don't I, I only have a very surface understanding of what's been going on uh mm. all I, I know that I remember when Russia invaded Crimea annexed Crimea uh basically the but but the thing is that Crimea was a different situation like it was a uh, apparent I mean supposedly a, a lot of Crimeans actually consider themselves Russian rather than than Ukraine la. and and them being being part of Ukraine was a was a one-off thing that that uh, a lot of uh, a lot of Crimeans were also looking to correct la. so Russia marching into or annexing Crimea was wasn't seen as uh, uh, as big a thing la, because there was no there was no fighting there was no there were no big casualties or anything like that la. it was just mm. basically Russia finding an excuse to you know, internal strife within Crimea to 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 come in and take over for security reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when you're talking about Ukraine, you're talking about uh, you know, people who, uh, you know, a country that's willing to, that's going to stand its ground and fight la, fight against yeah. the invasion. So we're talking about casualties and war, and you know, everyone having to take sides. And uh, you know, the the big question now is whether. Uh, it's a bluff in terms of like um, Russia pushing for pushing for some negotiating power or or it's for real uh, and apparently now it feels really real because they've they've not only put in troops they've put in all the you know they put in tanks they've put in missiles they've put in you know uh, even even like uh, field field tents with uh, first aid services and things like that like they're really mm. getting ready for war you know, on the border of uh, Ukraine and, and Russia. So mm. that's why people are now so... I mean, at least all the international... Um, the embassies and all, they're all pulling out. Like, whether it's the UK embassy or... Even the US is asking its its uh, diplomatic missions to return home. And uh, they... You know, don't don't forget what happened in Afghanistan as well, like, right? Last year. Yeah. Uh, so so images of that should continue to haunt people who choose to stay. Like, as in, they can't guarantee you that there'll be a way out, like. Yeah, and I mean, like like what you said about the troops thing, it's not a recent thing, no, because as early as April 2021, right, Russia mm. sent about 100,000 troops to Ukraine borders. That one, I think at that point, it was understood to be for military exercises. Mm. Um, but then November, there were more troops, and then there was chatter, and then uh, December, publicly, like there was news of Biden uh, chatting with Putin, um, and it's been escalating. La. And then the US mm. now has 8,500 troops um, ready to be deployed. Uh, NATO and US are delivering responses to Putin. And I think even recently, 
Putin met uh, Macron from France for like six hours. And if you see the picture of the table, right? Mm. I mean, there's social dis- uh, distancing, but this is fucking like a long-ass table, like three, four meters apart. Mm. So there has been talks. So what I find like insane is, even okay, let's say you talk about Crimea, right? From what I read, Crimea is Crimea is not even recognized to be part of of Russia by the UN. Mm. Um, and when Russia annexed or like uh, invaded Crimea, it just it just okay like They invaded and now they're there, right? Mm. So I think at this point, what is ridiculous is that okay, if Russia invades, the West can't not do anything mm-hmm. because lay people will be like me will be like, "Wow, fuck!" That means you mean a big country can just invade a small country just like that? Uh? Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah. Right. So, and then if the US kind of invades or like fights Russia, it, it's, it's, it could be cat- catastrophic, lah, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so that's why when I see like meetings between Macron and Putin or like uh, Biden getting on the phone with Putin, I, what the hell do they talk about? <laughs> yeah, I think the, the Macron one is interesting. Lah. The, I think there's a lot of talk that um, Putin was talking about the history the history yeah. of, of how NATO has treated Russia and, and backtracking on, like what we said earlier, backtracking yeah. on uh, a lot of the agreements. Uh. Uh, but but just just delving further into that, um, yeah, it seems like uh, Putin has this obsession with, with uh, history and, mm. and, and a lot of people are reading, at least a lot of pundits are reading into it as, um, I mean, he's close to 70 years old now. He is sort of seeing. Um, I mean, he grew up in a, you know, world where you know it, it was like Russia was uh, Soviet Union was a superpower. He was, uh, you know, he was in the civil service, everything, and and and, and the Kremlin. I mean, he was basically a KGB. He was in the KGB la. and mm-hmm. he kind of, you kind of, you kind of know where your career path is. It's like you join the army, that kind of thing. Like you know, eventually you become a general, then you will get. You know, you join a big GLC, and after you get a big payday when you, when you become CEO of like I don't know SPH or whatever lah, it is. Yeah. You know, so so that was what uh, Putin grew up in lah. He and his comrades and all lah. Yeah. And uh, with the end of the Cold War, you can imagine all that fell apart now, right? Yeah. So uh-huh. uh, since then, since then, where has why where is Russia's place in the global order of things? Like, is it still a superpower? I mean, it's arguably not like, because his economy is, is not is stagnating, like, right? Mm-hmm. So, so people are saying like at 70 years old, uh, it's no surprise that Putin is suddenly very fixated with, with history like, and very concerned with how how his legacy is going to be viewed in the larger history of Russia, like, right? Mm. And, uh, and maybe this Ukrainian, this Ukrainian uh, crisis, so, so to speak, will be the... The the one event that will etch him into Russian history, you yeah. Know, as a as someone who, as someone who uh, brought glory to the motherland or whatever, like, or brought the motherland back to its glory days, or something mm. like that. So, it's a it's, it's a very interesting mix of like um, human psychology as well as like just where we are at this at this point of time in history and everything, lah. Yeah, but but just based on that, isn't that okay? How do you? Like okay, we've we've both done research on this. You've been keeping track. How do you feel, uh, Like inside, internally inside you, how you feel about this whole thing? Are you like, oh, you know, this is like the next season or some Netflix drama, or are you kind of like, oh, fuck, this could go go majorly wrong, uh, it. I mean, definitely going to war is never 
a good thing, right? Especially with, uh, especially when superpowers are involved and superpowers with stockpiles of nuclear nuclear missiles and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you never know where that ends. And then, um, uh, it's it's but but the unfortunate thing this is what has happened in the I mean it's been building up since since uh, I mean like the last five years or so lah, right? When Trump came to power and then and I think U.S. politics was destabilized quite a bit. So their influence and their and their and their say over over how things are, what, what what's happening around the world is much less than before. Lah. And, mm. and and you know, China also now is, is, is the the rising superpower, right? Like and, and building yeah. its own building its own alliances around the world and all. And uh it's important I mean we we think that this is not important because we are so far away, but Singapore also is a very small country that could one day be caught in between uh, you know, the, the battles between superpowers. Uh. Mm. Uh, so we, we kinda need to watch this and understand where where what our role is in, in things like that, whether it's you know, being part of a larger coalition to 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 provide pressure uh, provide pressure to make sure that nothing bad happens or 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 you know, I mean it's just something that we have to watch very closely because how how the US response and everything will be very telling of how they will take care of their allies and, and, and everything when when push comes to shove. Huh? Also you're saying why people should care is because Ultimately, it sets the precedent for a lot of things that could impact us in future. Let's say if mm. if a neighboring country wants to be like, you know what, fuck man, we want Singapore. Mm. Um, it would be helpful to know that okay, countries can't really do that. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, and and how and I think what's like I genuinely feel a uh, uh like like a worried, but more about what it means for the future and what it means for politics and what it means like for big countries against small countries. Because mm. you also see how the other countries behave as an indication of uh, their own political desires. So, like, just a high level, um, China seems to be in alignment with Russia that they don't want uh, Ukraine to join the NATO. Mm. Um, but they're also being quite careful about the way they say it. Like Taiwan uh, is, is keeping close watch. India abstained from a vote last month to discuss the Ukraine crisis at the UN Security Council. Mm. Uh, Japan is showing solidarity with Ukraine. You, France wants some sort of a kind of di- diplomatic thing. Australia is is influenced by a lot by the US and the UK. So so you just see the, the global mechanics, which in some way is worrying because it then it becomes like, I wouldn't say egos, but uh, it's it's... It's controlled. We're we're just spectators, lah. We're just spectators, mm, mm. and and that what I is what I find very worrying, lah. Because uh, if depending on what these countries choose for whatever reason, it really sets. It could change the course of history, man. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, yeah, it's, it's something that could. I mean, it could spark uh, World War Three, lah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, there was this very good article written by Yuval Noah Harari, the author mm. of uh, Sapiens. Um, it's on the... Uh, and he just talks about... The ti- the name of the title is What's at Stake in Ukraine is the Direction of Human History. Mm. Um, and he just talks about... Because a lot of his books are based on the premise that historical ev- incidents tend to repeat itself, like, you know? Mm. Um, and he's saying that, yeah, if we look at history, chances are that history will repeat itself, there will be another global war. But mm. now at this time, the people 
in positions of power actually have a decision that could prevent that from happening. Uh. Correct, yeah. Yeah, so so I thought that's interesting because yeah, if they if you just take at face value, yeah, history always repeats itself, then you're like a war is inevitable. Mm. Like fuck it. At some point there's gonna be a world war, why not now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so that's where you read up, you're like, Oh shit, this is this is bigger than just two countries, man, because especially after uh, two years where the world kind of came together more so than it has in the past. Mm, mm, yeah. This just feels like wow. It feels like we're going back to we're resuming our pre-COVID uh, problems all over yeah. again. It's like the Singapore political drama times a thousand, right? Yeah, yeah. And you throw in a couple of nuclear weapons and everything as well. Yeah. During the past two years where the Singapore government, the political parties all came together to fight COVID and now they're at war at each other. Yeah. Now, this thing also happening on the international level. Yeah, that's right. No? Tough. Yeah, man. But, but uh, it's a... It's a developing issue. Like we don't have answers right now. Uh, I think yeah. it's just important that everybody has some idea of what's happening and what's going on. Yeah, and also understanding like yeah, how uh, you know different different cultures and everything have different ways of settling their problems and all that. Like, which is a mm. great segue to our next topic as well, like, right? Mm. Which is about uh, different cultural differences. But but um, you know, I mean, also something. It's also something related to being being very invasive into someone's territory, lah. I think it's about the question of should you be wearing shoes into people's houses, lah, right? Mm. As a guest, yeah. uh, uh, and 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 what 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 is the the discussion that triggered this? Um, it is an article by the Wall Street Journal on the Wall Street Journal by a columnist called Chris Fraswick, mm. um, which is titled. Here's why I'll be keeping my shoes on in your shoeless home. And then the subtitle is, Why are you assuming that your guest's shoes are dirtier than your floors? Mm -hmm. So it generated a bunch of reactions on the Wall Street Journal's Facebook post itself. Not just from Singaporeans. It's not just a Singapore issue. It's from... Um, uh, uh, People from all around the world have been responding. Singapore Reddit also got. Mm. But generally... um, some of the people are saying that it's disrespectful and and this is the way it's done in Asia, um, in most countries in Europe, in Canada. So what made you so excited to talk about it? Uh, uh yeah, it's I think it's something that uh probably a lot of uh I think a lot of Singaporeans, or at least people who've never been to the US, uh, don't realize like, is that Americans, yeah, they they're very big on wearing your shoes indoors like, and nobody leaves their shoes outside mm. uh, of their homes uh, and that's one of those those very jarring things that that you that first hit you when you go to the US and you visit someone's home or something oh. that, 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 yeah, like, they literally wear the shoes all the way up to their up to their their own bedrooms like. but what what made you especially excited because you seem quite keen to talk about this because uh. I, I, I think it's, it's just interesting cultural differences like, you know in, in this day and age when uh when no, when we've all not traveled a lot, you know, for because of COVID and everything, and just a a, re, a very gentle reminder that that even when it comes to simple simple things like just wearing shoes in or outside the house and all, uh, there are such big differences between cultures la, that 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 it would cause this kind of someone to even write an article in the Wall Street Journal about it, and for everyone to get so so pissed off about it la. Tells you that, that there's still a lot of nuances of cultures that we we have yet to bridge, 
even in this in this advanced advanced age of the internet and all. But people get pissed off at like curry's gone wrong also. Eh? Correct, correct, correct. But this one is yeah. a, I think it's a more uh I think it's a more universal thing. Like everyone mm. can sort of relate. Can you, you there is an answer everyone has an answer, lah. Do you wear shoes inside the house or not, lah, right? Yeah. Every culture has a has an answer. Is it a yes or no, lah? And uh mm. for the most part I think it's only really Americans that that wear their shoes around the house, lah, as far as I know. Do you know any uh, other culture that does that? I mean, I can imagine the UK, though I'm not, I mean, uh, like, like, but I'm not fully sure. Mm. Um, but I think based on what you see in the comments and all, even then it's a minority. Like. So maybe it really just is the American. So so both of us have, have had the chance to spend time in the US. What was your experience dealing with this sort of cultural difference? Uh? Um, well, I, but I think the one of the first things to... to to point out also is that they also come from a slightly different climate than than ours, lah, right? Mm. And the US, we're talking about generally uh, drier weather than here, uh, not not as humid. So um, if you're if you're outside but you're not like walking around that much and all, your feet won't actually be that uh, that wet, lah, right? Mm. Obviously, wearing socks you will sweat a bit, lah, But but it's not as bad as in Singapore when you go for. You just stand outside for a while, and your 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 socks feel like a waterfall after a while, right? Yeah, uh, it's a bit different. So 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 that, that that's one thing, and the second thing I think because their homes can alternate between you know like uh, cold winters and 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 humid summers. So a lot of people in the in their house as well, they have uh, flooring that is, uh, what do you say, a bit more weatherproof. Uh, not only weatherproof, a bit more. Like like they 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 have carpeted floors like for example, you mm. know throughout the house, just so that yeah. whenever whether it's cold or it's warm, it, it feels the same like, and you never feel like oh shit the floor is so cold and all. Whereas in Singapore we we generally generally don't have like we don't have the whole floor being carpeted, but a lot of a lot of homes in the US, the entire the entire floors are carpeted and all like, mm. uh, whether it's an apartment or whatever. So it's a culturally there's a difference because of the weather itself. Or? And yeah. so, so we can't we can't generalize and just say that they're they're disgusting or what like, There's reasons why they they uh they choose to do so like, I guess. And and it's it's very it's they they try to lay it out here and argue that case in this Wall Street Journal article. But I don't think I think for the most part, people will still won't buy the still most people around the world still won't buy it like. How about you? Then? Think, what do you think? And I think because okay, some of her the reasons that she gave, as in the author gave, were less about the I mean. Like uh, she she did mention one point which I think rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. If you look at the subtitle, it's about why you assume your guest floors, uh, your guest shoes are dirtier than your floors, like, And she said, um, like okay, if she takes it off if the, she she's walked in mud, snow, excrement, or any hazardous rate uh, waste. But she she has takes issue with the nasty slippers that were previously worn by different strangers before her. Mm. So she said, and I quote, there's dried on foot sweat and dead skin in those things. I'll stick with the E. coli tanks. So yeah. I guess that's where it feels like, whoa, like it's not so much about the weather or it's not so much about the humidity. It's more like, it feels like the tone is like, okay, being inside my shoes is better for me than walking on your floors. Then mm, mm. I'm like, yo, fuck off lah. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. And, and I mean, I, I remember when, when I first got to the US for studies and it was 2005 and uh, at uni, you get assigned your housemates for the first first year lah, as, mm. as same for you lah, right? Mm, so yeah. I was with two uh, American dudes 
Uh, one was from Utah. Um, he was half Finnish, half English. Grew up in the US, but his parents had like European roots. Mm-hmm. And the other one was hardcore American. Like, had not really left America except for a short trip to Mexico mm-hmm. uh, up till the age of 18. So <laughs> we were settling in um, and, you know, like getting a feel of the place. And then I, I said, um, guys, do you mind if we take off our shoes uh, before we come in? Mm-hmm. And the Utah guy was like, um, yeah, sure. The other guy, <laughs> I, re- mm. I remember what he said. Yo, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> like, you mean, like uh, I mean, we were still getting to know each other, so I tried to rationalize it with him. But in my mind, I was like, yo, fuck, man. There are like 2 billion people at least around the world who do that. Yeah. Um, and you're telling me that wearing shoes makes sense. But in the end, I would still walk around barefoot and he would walk with his shoes. La. Yeah, yeah. So... And it was carpeted floor. And it was just so weird. And even over the course of the next few years when I was staying with housemates and all, some of my friends would get up. Before they get off the bed, they put on their shoes mm. and they wear it the whole day except for showers and all. And they take it off before they sleep at night. Yeah, correct, correct. And it blows my mind Yeah, how that makes sense. Yeah, it is, it is quite... Uh, it, it was quite a cultural sh- uh, shock la, for, for me. I, mm. I, I I do remember, um, like like especially if you walk outside when there's uh snow or mud or anything like that, you'd be wondering why the hell would you continue wearing your boots and and in the house lah, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, over there it's like because everyone's already doing it, uh, so you just sort of do it to protect yourself like You 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 generally just immediately have to assume that. That someone else has brought in dirt from outside already, lor, you know? And, and so after a while, you start, you kind of like get used to it and you realize, yeah, like, these people, they don't clean their floors that much, so we have no choice. Lah. So then, uh, but did you have instances where people, you like in your house, wherever you're staying, you walk around barefoot and people come in and walk with their shoes? Uh, no, yeah, I think when I stayed with a couple of American people, I think they, they, they generally wore their shoes in. But uh, they would, they would. Um, whereas I, I, yeah, I would take off my shoes at in the living room, lah. Mm, um, even amidst people wearing shoes, lah. Yeah, amidst people wearing shoes, because I, I think for some, they, I think they were quite respectful that, that let's say, I mean, for like the the tiled areas, yeah, you could walk on your shoes, but I think if there were carpeted areas like the living room and all, we would take off our shoes, lah, and or at the very least, at the, at the very most, wear socks or something, like you know. Mm, mm, uh, mm. so I, I kind of I'm, I'm okay I was I think they were, I, I had roommates who were a bit more considerate than yours la, right yeah yeah. so I so mean, it's a communal living kind of thing Um, but yeah I mean it's it's. I, I it was just an interesting yeah it was a very interesting thing I don't know whether it maybe it's to do with the, the sense of security as well la, as Americans because you know in Singapore we the, you know the sayings that you can literally leave your telephone on the on the table to chop a seat right Mm. You can leave your ha- handphone and nobody will take steal your handphone. Whereas in the US, like maybe if you leave your shoes outside, someone will actually steal your shoes. Uh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, like okay, the like, better just wear we'll just keep your shoes on just to be that's safe. That's like the worst reason though. They definitely have more than one <laughs> pair of shoes, right? You tell yeah. me they wear their all their shoes together, is it? Or they hang it off their belt or something. Yeah. Is no, it? no, no, just just don't put it outside, like, basically. Whereas yeah, you know, in, in, our culture, in our in in Singapore and everything, we we just throw our shoes like outside a house before we we walk, we go in like right. But and I mean, I'm... you can tell how many people are inside. Oh yeah, and then the other thing also is because America is like you know like uh, they're afraid of all this kind of like gun crime and everything. 
So yeah. if you have too many shoes outside, they know that oh, there's a there's a party going on or what inside. And then they will, it's kind of scary, lah. You you're letting people know, uh, who like there's a lot of people at home and stuff like that, lah. Yeah, I think you should write a write, write a medium <laughs> post about that. Um, yeah, I think yeah. you make some very good points, Terence. Yeah, yeah. No, and then one more thing also. One more thing, as I alluded to the earlier about weather, right? Uh, one thing mm. I never realized as a Singaporean also was like, uh, when it's very uh, when it's very dry, and 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 maybe cold outside, right? Uh, let's say you've been wearing your sh- your boots or your shoes the whole day, and they are sweaty and and stinky and everything. If you take them off and then you put them outside in, uh, in the cold, right? They you might end up like, you might your shoes might end up freezing lah, or, or or worse, they might you might even end up like wetter than they were before lah. Then you don't put your shoes outside. I don't think anyone puts their shoes outside in winter, man. No, no. So so that's what I'm saying. That's where it, it starts. That's where it starts. Like okay, don't put your shoes outside. Then you bring them in already. Then you then maybe from there then it evolved to I might as well just wear them around because you know it's, it's dirty and everything. So so that's how I'm just how I'm trying to to justify it, you know. <laughs> I can imagine like maybe that's something that they grew up uh since young as babies they wear their shoes everywhere to protect their toes and they never mm. grow out of it like because I think that's another point she brought up she's like everyone she knows who's had a broken toe broke their toe toe when they weren't wearing shoes. Correct. Which to me I'm like what the fuck like, Everyone I know who has gotten a head injury when cycling got it. Because they never okay, that's a horrible analogy. Mm. But it's just a weird thing, and um, I feel yeah, it, it's maybe as much as we find it weird that they wear shoes, um, they find it weird to take off shoes. Or maybe it's like mm. na- being naked. Yeah. Like you wouldn't walk around without pants, right? Maybe if, for for shoe wearing individuals, uh, when they walk around, they feel naked, lah. Mm. They have naked feet. Yeah, I mean, they 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 have to react to different things, lah. I mean. Uh, not not to make a joke out of it as well, but but say for classrooms and all, right? They literally like in the event of uh shootings or anything like that, they need to be ready to run. Nah. can you imagine but if Singapore they, classrooms can you imagine, can you imagine, yeah, can you imagine in the U.S. schools, in the U.S. schools, they have to take off their shoes before they enter a classroom. Then a shooter appears, and they all oh, fuck. I need to run out and get my shoes first, and put them on but before I run away. A, that doesn't oh, make sense. Then it's very tough, lah. Yeah. You haven't calibrate for the week yet, right? This is about houses, not classrooms. <laughs> Singapore also people. Which classrooms do you take off your shoes in? Uh, pre your primary school like that. No, right? no, no. Uh, pre preschools, preschools, like you know the 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 play groups and everything for toddlers and all. Yeah. Yeah, they take yeah. off the shoes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you. We got up on the wrong side of the bed, uh, Terrence. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Listen to me. Play, play groups and and young younger kids that I yeah, bring my, so, my kids to. But then me. once you grow up past the play group, I don't think there's many schools uh, uh, in cities where people take off their shoes. Yeah, yeah, Less so, Less so. What? Okay. Yeah. What annoys me the most is like, let's say a house, uh, like I'm staying in Singapore and all. Someone comes in. Um, there've been a couple of instances in the past where they just wear their shoes, uh, and it's not say they are from, they are from abroad or maybe they've. They're from abroad, but they've been in Singapore for a while, and then they carry on wearing their shoes, right? Wow, that one! I don't, I don't even feel like serving you coffee or anything, sir. Well, why would they, they, they don't take it off before they enter? Man? Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Like when, when I was younger, some okay, I wouldn't say, uh, yeah, not just like people coming straight from the airport of another country. Mm. They just feel maybe they're super dressed up or something. You know those festive occasions, like. Yeah. Deepavali or something. I distinctly remember some people coming into the house and not not taking off. And I was like, "What the fuck are, are, are you doing?" But 
I was I was young, like in my my below ten or something. But after that, once in a while, when it, it happens, it just blows my mind, like, That that mm. it happens in Singapore. I don't know how often it happens to other people. For me, also not often. It just happened a few times, like. Yeah, but but don't forget the other. There's one benefit of not taking off shoes as well, lah. In what? that, um, you never have to smell anyone's feet, like sweaty feet. Uh, yes, your floor is dirtier, but let's say someone has really like stinky, sweaty feet. Uh, mm. it's it's shielded by shoes, lah. By the shoes, lah. I thought you were gonna say that. Uh, some shoes are very hard to take out because I know you had one shoe, one of your sneakers that was super hard to take out, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, basketball sneakers in general, like yeah, can, basketball can, sneakers can wrap on very tightly. The LeBron, like the the those those knitted kind of materials, but 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 yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I think that again goes back to the issue of not being able to put your shoes outside, right? So you have to mm. bring the shoes indoors, and if you, if everyone takes off their shoes while they're indoors, it could actually stink up the place quite a bit, lah. At least the the walkway at the entrance. That's why they're like, okay, but so just point, leave your shoes on, lah. You know. Yeah, then then I would say you better just like get friends who know basic feet hygiene. Yeah, yeah, or vented, no lah. The other one is uh, sometimes, sometimes some some people can't control how much they sweat in their feet. Like, it's like sweaty palms, right? Correct, but then then you should change the way like your shoes also. Uh, if you wear like a high cut shoe with thick socks and you have sweaty feet, then you are not helping the problem. You wouldn't yeah. if you have sweaty palms. You wouldn't go around wearing gloves, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, lah, yeah. Lah. So I I think um there's a lot of practices I do as a dog owner that I feel I wish I wish uh, humans would adopt more. Like if my dogs go out in the mud and, and you know, do their business and all that. When they come back, I, I mainly, like, before they enter the house, I wipe their feet all the time. Uh. So, you know, especially Singaporeans when you, you wear flip-flops and walk around and all. I think actually it's a good practice to go, like, at least have, like, a, a small little foot-washing area before you enter the, enter someone else's house. Uh. Foot-washing area wears, yeah. That, that's the thing. We don't, have the, we don't have the facilities for it, but... But maybe that's something you want to be a really like civilized, super civilized population. That's what we should strive towards. Uh. Then you need a food drying. You need a food drying uh, uh, space also. Uh. It's called a towel. It's called a towel. We have the technology. <laughs> like, you go, go to have like a bunch of towels outside your house so people can wash their feet floor and towel, then dry uh, it at the same time. Floor towel. Oh, yeah. floor towel. Wow. Yeah. No, we we. I mean, it's no. We like I said, like US, the US power is in decline now, so we have a chance to rewrite what is universally accepted as a standard of hygiene. <laughs> so out of this whole Ukraine Russia thing, where the US power is being called into question, the one thing on your mind is okay. This is the best time yeah. to rewrite the rules of uh, footwear in houses. Correct. Correct. Exactly. No more. What no more. No more American centric view of the world. What an opportunity, sir. But I applaud that. I will. I will support that. I will support that. Yeah, yeah. I know you would. I know you would. But cool, yeah, man. what um enough discussions about feet and and footwear. But uh, mm. what is your one short comment of the last few days? Uh, uh my one short comment of the last few days is uh on Reddit from a user called Taufik J nine nine three uh who listened to our episode two five nine where we spoke about. Uh, Joe Rogan apologizing for the N-word and SG women targeted in the leaked photos scam. Um, and he actually designed uh, a safe sex poster, just like a, a humorous safe sex poster. Mm. And he labeled it an internet literacy campaign not brought to you by Ministry of Funny, SG Digital and Social Development 
network. So basically, he created a poster based on something we were talking about, mm. um, about how to practice safe sex. <laughs> yeah, man. So so shout out to him. Like, oh, it, it looks it looks like a good amount of work went into it. So so cheers, man. Yeah. Cheers, Taufik. Cheers to Taufik and uh, cheers to Taufik. Yeah, and my one short comment is uh again another contributor on our subreddit Kwang eighty nine. Uh, mm. we're talking about the insurance declaration bit, right? Right. Uh, I think Kwang eighty nine uh clarifies that if somehow the insurer finds out there was any non disclosures during application, especially when making claims, they might use it as grounds to reject the claims. Are regardless how much premiums were paid previously. So mm. making all material declarations is really the best way. So on one of the basis uh, basis of uh, insurance is utmost good faith, in spite of what people tell you. Just declare as much as you know. And mm. Kong eighty nine knows this because he works in insurance. He or she works in insurance. So oh. very uh yeah very, uh that's a very helpful addition to our discussion. An insurance agent telling us. The best thing that you can do for yourself and your insurance policy is to just be 100% upfront and honest with any any conditions you have. So I think my, my, my what I was talking about was uh, I saw a father and son arguing about how much they, they should reveal to an insurance agent. Yeah. And, and, and I was more on the side of the father saying, yeah, maybe you, should, you shouldn't, you should omit certain details, right? That you mm. don't have, that you're not required to declare. But what Kwang89 is saying here is that actually the best strategy is to just declare everything. Uh, but but that will affect your premium. Like, yeah, that's the one oh. thing. Like, yeah. I see, I see. Mm. So maybe that, that son was on the right path. Uh. He was, yeah, just, I mean, he's following what Kwang89 said. Like, just declare as much as you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So maybe, maybe for the dad to... To, to to listen to this. On, uh, yes, correct. Declare, exactly. declare everything, you know. Yeah, anyone who yeah, also is... is um, thinking of the insurance right now mm. yeah cool alright cool, cool, cool. now for the one shock thing yes what, what is, is your one shock thing would you would you like to go first uh, yeah it's actually a a video that I'm still watching uh, it's a very very long video but uh, it's uh, what is it? oh, it's titled uh, it's by the channel Folding Ideas and it's, it's titled Line Goes Up The Problem The Problem With NFTs so mm. it's um, it's a actually it's a two, two hour, hour video or something, twenty right? minute yeah. video. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, like five million views thus far. It was posted late January, uh, mm. but basically it's if the 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 logline is if someone pitches you on a great Web three project, ask them if it requires buying or selling crypto to to do what it says it does lah, and it'll help mm. you solve. See, but what 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 general he's he's trying to say? He really goes into really great depths about uh crypto and understanding how the history of Bitcoin and, and why it was founded and how it works and everything. But he's making a case for for how, you know, uh, basically everything we know about crypto and NFTs have been building towards uh, basically one giant, one giant, uh, I, won't, I don't want to use the word scam. Uh, one giant... Uh, bubble. Yeah, bubble. bubble to one, one giant financial play. To to really uh you know make make some people very rich and and some people very very poor uh, oh. and and he goes into the history of like you know even the financial crisis and everything of of recent years and all and how, oh. how they all blend to this And this 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 creator is like whoa has he always been creating stuff about crypto? 
Um, no, I, I don't think so. But I think he generally generally delves into um about about into some uh interesting interesting uh topics like but in, in like really long form like really long form kind of ways so that you really have to to s- spend some time listening to him and understanding what he's saying la. but i okay, i see la. a lot of people sharing this this video so i i wanted to check it out as well just to just to hear on on what the, the opposite side of uh you know we were we were talking a lot about nfts and web3 and how how that, that works for for the, how it be the future and all but this mm. one is a good a good uh, counterpoint to a lot of these uh, a lot of these discussions. Uh. Oh, so it, it's it, and it's not like too academic. Like, is it is it like edited like YouTube style? You know, with like graphics and shit like that. Uh, it's very uh, talking head style. Yeah, YouTube YouTube style. Uh. Oh, so, so you can very... see his. You can, he's not uh, the anonymous just no, 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 he's not, he's not, Yeah, yeah, he's not. He's a Canadian videographer. You know who. Who's just trying to point out point out that NFTs are fundamentally flawed, la. and and I you see. know Web three is a would be a very huge step back. But so I mean, you can kind of call it a documentary, but it's also just his opinion about it and mm-hmm. his take. So I think take it with a pinch of salt as well. And you, and you but there's a lot of people discussing about it online and all, la. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah, I remember someone shared it. I don't know if I now read it or not. Uh, but yeah, I remember seeing that floating around. Also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And what is your one shook thing? Uh, my one shook thing is a video that was dropped twenty two hours ago. Mm. It's a trailer for Nope, N O P, which is the latest movie by uh Jordan Peele, the mm. writer director who started off on Mad TV, then became of a uh, Key and Peele fame, and yeah. of course with Get Out and Us la. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember for Get Out and Us, the trailers were kind of creepy, and you didn't really know what. What the hell's going on? And this trailer is fucking just is is along that vein, like It's so it's so interesting, but it leaves you like, what the hell just happened? But mm. in some way, it's brilliant, like, Because there are so many videos trying to dissect it. It's a two-minute video that already has five point three million views. Mm, mm. There are so many videos trying to dissect it. There are so many um reaction videos because it's just so ridiculous, like and wow, like. Like trailers like this, right? Just blow my mind, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, fucking great. I remember when we saw his get get out trailer. Yeah, and we were all like, "What the hell is this?" It looks like uh, almost like a parody of of horror movies, but it turned out to be one of the best horror movies in recent times. Uh. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's refreshing that now, like, you see trailers like this that really don't give away the story because sometimes you know mm. you see those superhero ones and all, you can kind of get the gist of what the hell's gonna happen, how it's gonna end, like. Yeah. But this one, you watch it, you're like, "What? Have you seen it?" Uh, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. But uh, I do it's want to catch it. It's fucking great, man. It's great. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, cool. Uh, thanks for starting the week with us. Yeah. And on to the next episode. We'll talk to you all soon. Yeah, see you on the Reddit as well. <laughs>